Um, now it's logistics. How do we get the players there? Uh, how do we make sure we have the tests available? How do we lock down? How do we keep Mickey Mouse from running around and, and running amok and causing problems? How do we prevent Kyrie Irving from getting into the bubble and potentially fighting Mickey Mouse? These are considerations I have, Dave. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. But it's probably uh, Robin Lopez that's more likely to do that. Or is it Brooke Lopez? Whichever I Lopez brother has the, the issues with fighting mascots. What if that is in? What if Kyrie says, Lopez, I will help you fight the mouse. I hate the mouse! <laughs> Please. Oh, my God. I feel like Carlos's version of the NBA would be much more entertaining than the actual NBA, even though I find the NBA pretty entertaining. Let's get that straight. I feel like we've established many times, Dave, that my alternate realities tend to be vastly superior to reality realities. This is true, Carlos. I will give you credit for that. You are listening to episode 58 of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. The spiel, the spiel. I'm Carlos. That's Dave. Nice. I like it. Efficiency, Dave. We are here for efficiency. That's probably the best intro we've had yet, I honestly feel. You know, I think we just about got it. You know, all the external elements have been uh, removed from it, and now it's down to its core essence. The spiel, the spiel, Carlos Dave. I mean, if this is the first episode that someone's listening to, go back a few episodes. But otherwise, we're good, man. I was going to say, if you want the spiel properly, go back to like episode one, two, or three. I, I used to read out the whole thing. And you were so proud of it at the time too, Carlos. I'm usually not proud of work I do, Dave. It takes time for me to appreciate my own work. It's like a, like a uh, Renaissance painter or something like that. I've been often compared to a Renaissance painter. It is a fact. <laughs> I'm glad you're only like the fourth person to say that today. It's weird. Hey. Anyway. All right. So we got a couple of things on the show today. We're going to keep it nice and straightforward. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about what we've been up to. So we'll get into that. And then I'm going to kind of give you the potential future of uh, sports card shows as well as... Um, kind of trade shows in general. And I have a little experience that I'll share with all of you related to that. And maybe that'll give you a little insight. Another thing that we're going to talk about, of course, is the back and forth, you know, really boring ping pong match going on between the Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association. A little bit of uh, Kyrie's, you know, malcontentness, as we like to call it, and uh, what he's been up to lately with the NBA. And then I think that'll be it for the main topics, because uh, trust me, we'll have a few things to say about a lot of that. And we may even get through a show without me taking overt shots at my truck because I already did that today. Nice. Just saying, I got in some of my fill. Although, I can't promise I'm not going to. If there's a roundabout way to get there, I may still do so. We'll see. No promises. So first of all, Dave, how was the week? First of all, before I say that, I feel like we need more like Tom Brady content on the podcast right now. Just so you can go after somebody other than Mike Trout for a change. Well, the thing is, I feel like we're closer to quote-unquote baseball season. Now, mind you, that's debatable. We'll get into that in a couple of minutes. But like, I, I don't know. I feel like Tom Brady, let me say this seriously. Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, like, I don't really care. Like, I, I'm like, I don't even, I feel nothing. I, I feel dead inside when thinking about Tom Brady and Tampa Bay because it's like, you know what? You know, he's no James Winston. No, I'm sure he'll try. You know, he'll do his best. What if he went to the I, Bears which, or the Vikings? I mean, I know they don't. Vikings don't really need a quarterback, but. Or even the Lions. Would you care then if they're in the same division um, as the Packers? Well, you know, if he wants to back up Matthew Stafford, I think that's cool. <laughs> no, that's about where he belongs. That's that's fair. Can't, can't they get Colin Kaepernick? Maybe he could be the third quarterback in the in the room. Yeah, that's true. We shall see what happens. Absolutely. Uh, we could talk about it, but we chose not to on this podcast. So Not today. Not today. No, the thing is, like to me, the, the Kaepernick thing, there isn't that much to talk about. Getting teams to look at him? Sure. That's fair. I just don't know if after three years he's going to necessarily be that interesting. Like, I think he has to come in as a backup or come in with a team that truly sucks, who is like, well, we'll give it a shot, whatever. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, I think backup would be the way. But anyway, let's move on from that. Since Yeah, the model's already there. If something happens, you know, come in, you know, at least get on the roster. Get in uniform and let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my week's been pretty good. I have, uh, I think, two stories for you. So the first one is I decided to help you know get megan out of the house to do something other than just you know be here and and help take care of take care of george with me and all that jazz since she's still on mat leave is let's go mini golfing because they have courses open now right so okay. the golf course not too far from where they live called rock chapel uh, it's a nine hole course but they also have a mini putt or what they call a putting course which i assume now is this a glow in the dark thing or like an outdoor thing? no it's an outdoor thing i assumed it was a typical mini golf course. I've never played it before. I hadn't played Rock Chapel, uh, the nine hole, uh, until this year, but I've been uh, three times already. And okay. so, yeah, so great. Sounds good. Sign up. You have to book a tee time, which is fine. Like, that's a thing for golf now. You have to book tee times as part of the COVID stuff. No problem. We get there. 
and they're like, do you need putters and balls? And we're like, well, yeah, it's mini golf. <laughs> Bring your own, Dave. Right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have putter. I actually have two. And I have golf balls, but they're in my golf bag, which I don't bring unless I'm actually doing real golf. Okay, quick sidebar. What kind of putter do you have? I'm going to judge you on your golf oh, equipment. You know Let's what? Go. Honestly, uh, Ben's old putter, so I don't even know. <laughs> Ben's old putter is quite the brand. I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> I actually have two putters, but uh, the the other one is you know, older than the Stone Age, and then I have Ben's old putter. Love it. Love it. But, well, when we get back to, into it, I'm taking you to golf town. We're getting your proper putter, for God's sake. So, no, it's a good putter. It's a good, I'm fa- quite happy with it. All right, go on. So, anyway, so we got up to go to the first hole, and you look at it, and it's not really mini golf. It's uh, it's 18 holes of putting greens. Okay. So it's the same. It's the same. You know, consistency, length, whatever, as the nine greens on the nine holes. Okay. And you know that they, they're obviously thinner. And a lot of them are uphill or downhill or whatever, but that's the course. So there's like no clown head or windmill? No, no. (laughs) And then they hand you like two white balls, you know, like, like, right. You know, you usually get like a pink ball or a green ball or whatever. Dave, Dave, just out of curiosity, is this mini putt course like their excuse to be like, all right, guys, just use the lawnmower, cut this down. We'll call it mini putt. What kind of balls should we give them? Give them range balls. Just scratch out range. Pretty much, man. Pretty much. Nice. Uh, but you know, it, 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 we had fun, and okay. we're gonna go back. Uh, you know, because it, it it's interesting because because it's a putting course, there is actually some actual golf skill involved. Uh, well, I mean, there is a mini putt too, but not obviously to the same degree. You know, when you're well, you're, trying doing, to go you're using real grass here, right? or whatever. Yeah, you're using real grass here, so you're actually putting on a putting surface. Yeah. So I suppose it's real practice then. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. So, uh, so that was fun. And, and in, in another side, sorry, I've actually hit on that actual golf course. I've hit par on the same hole twice, which up to this year, I've never hit par on a hole in my life. So that was pretty exciting. Uh, and the second story was this morning we're outside, uh, playing with George on the front lawn because the backyard has very little shade in the morning. And this person comes up in like an SUV pulls into our driveway, gets out. Megan recognizes her. And I'm thinking, Oh, well, George had done this sensory course. They're picking up some of the stuff they dropped off from that, that George used. So I'm assuming that that's what they're here to pick up. No, no, they're dropping off a father's day basket that, that Megan uh, got for me. So obviously I opened it today uh, and some good finds in there. There was a, a nickel Brook something hazy IPA. Uh, what's the name? Something about like it has like an outer space kind of theme. Okay, sure. Which actually yeah, yeah. was quite good. I find Nickelbrook is kind of a very hit and miss for me in terms of a lot of their beers, but this one was, yeah. was quite nice. Uh, they also had a, uh, like a bunch of Forty Creek products. So there's a Forty Creek, uh, like a, a Mickey of Forty Creek, as well as a barbecue sauce, which we actually used for dinner tonight, uh, which was quite good. Uh, Forty Creek is the whiskey? Yes. Got it. Okay, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I was trying to envision it in my head, but I think I know what Forty Creek is. Okay, go on. So you know, it turned and it, quite a nice basket of stuff. Uh, and it was by a group, like a mom's group in Burlington that Megan's part of. And a bunch of the proceeds are going to McMaster Children's Hospital. And, okay. You know, George was there for two weeks in November, so you know, I think that was a great thing to support. So I'm happy with that. And it, it, the basket's really good. It's got a lot of good stuff in it. Uh, so I'm really, I was really pleasantly surprised that they weren't actually here to pick up stuff they were here to drop this off nice okay fair enough fair enough i think it's kind of funny that uh, i'm I, I laugh because um i'd be curious at this point i don't think my dad expects anything for father's day because i usually laugh because father's day and mother's day i never remember those things uh usually roberto's job is to remember that well, roberto's got to do something right like he's got to... what kind of a personal secretary is he for me if he doesn't remember things but the thing is what i always find funny is i i, I, I sometimes remind my dad i'm like hey, isn't it enough that i let you have my name isn't it? Haven't I done enough for you? <laughs> Your association with me has elevated you and opened you to social circles. You have no business being it. Like, good lord, man, that's worth its weight in gold. Gold. Yeah, uh, I yeah. agree. But anyway, this, I think this year I already told the old man ahead of time. Uh, there's no, there's no surprise here. I'm not spoiling anything. I told him this year that I'm going to kind of combine it, and uh, he was uh, eyeing my uh, leather wallet that I have uh, made by a. I think it's a company called uh, Popov Leather. I'll double check what it is, but they're basically based out of Canada, 
and they make uh, handmade leather goods. So I have, uh, okay. so I had a wallet that uh, they basically they'll make it to order for you. They have different models, and you can order it and then customize the stitching and what kind of leather and all that. And then they'll make it nice. Yeah. So it's a proper leather wallet. So I told my dad, I go, look, if you want, because you've been eyeing mine, I can get you. I, you know, I'll spring with Roberto. We'll go get you a proper leather wallet. You just need to tell me which model it is and which type of leather you want, and we'll order it for you. And he's like, okay, well, I want that one and that one. I go, that's fine. All right, I'll make an order for you because I want to get something from them anyway. I may as well just combine it and get shipping. And here is your birthday present there early along with Father's Day. You're done. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think that'll be good. That, so that's kind of his late Father's Day, early bir- birthday present. Nice. I think, And I think we'll get some use out of it because those things, are t- those things are built properly. Good leather wears in the right way where it's like, no, it can last forever if you take care of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think uh, that's that's more of a uh, a quality piece because my dad doesn't need anything. You know, beer we can get it to him. You know, if he wants some liquor, we can get it to him. But at the same time, it's like he doesn't need it and he doesn't drink too much very often. But it's like, no, the leather wallet he'll have it in his pocket every day. Nice. So we figure, ah, why not? That'll probably make the most sense. So that'll be kind of what I'll work on with Roberto, and then I'll order some stuff for myself. That's a solid win-win idea, for everybody. Yes. So, how about your week, man? Pretty good. Uh, I will say I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, I knew that it would get warmer as the week went on, but I, I felt like uh, the temperature went up slowly enough that it, that it was very comfortable as the week went on to let everybody have a chance to get caught up by the time we got Agreed. to the end of the week. Which I agree with that 100%. I genuinely think that's the first time I can ever, ever remember them happening. Like I feel like it's always... Yeah. Unlike a couple of weeks ago where it was just like, bam, it's hot. Yeah, I feel like I feel like here in Canada, every time it's like, all right, so what's, what is it today? Ah, it's minus 17 in a blizzard. Okay, but what's it tomorrow? 35 in humid. Wait, what? G- give me, exactly. Give me a little bit of carryover so that I can... But in this week, it was like controlled. So I was like, okay, great. At least you gave me a chance to kind of keep up to the thing. You didn't, you didn't fry me all at once. So that was kind of cool. Nice. Now, um, the other thing that was kind of interesting this week, I will say, was that um, work was busy. I managed to get all the things that I wanted to get done, done. And I'm kind of still working on what I want to do with this office place because now I'm trying to clean up and take care of more of the office and get it right, especially now that we're going to get into the hot time. You know, as humidity picks Speaking up. of office, if you're ordering a new chair, don't order it from Granite Toy. No? No? You, you, I, you officially denounced the Granite Toy chair? Well, I'm still waiting for the Grand and Toy chair okay. that was supposed to be shipped by now. Okay. And is still in processing. Mm. You know, and they it wasn't like they said, here is the date we're going to ship it on. They said, here's the window we're going to ship it on. Well, we were well past the window. So between 20 and 2025, is that the window? <laughs> Apparently, it is now. <laughs> okay, nice, nice. Oh, I'm honestly thinking about canceling the order and, and talking to Kazoo because he works for Staples. So see if he can get me something better. Can you see if he can get you the hookup on a chair? Yeah. You never know. He might be able to get you the business discount. Might be a possibility. So, we'll see. Yeah, I would say the but. big thing that I'm thinking about, yes, I'm still thinking about the chair. I think that's important. That's something I really got to consider. But the thing I'm thinking about, and my dad actually pitched it to me this week, and I thought it was a pretty good idea worth thinking about. Um, he was saying, well, what about putting in a ceiling fan in your office? And I said, well, that's not a terrible idea. It would be good for light, and then I can have a, a fan up there circulating the air because I'll need it down here. Yeah, Yeah. So for that, sure. Plus the lighting would be improved, so that'd be kind of cool. So that's something I'm kicking around now as well. I might have to pop into Home Depot and think about that one. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you it'll be easier to get into your place than the mini fridge was. Well, did I ever tell? Did I tell you how long my shoulder was bad for? Like my shoulder's been was bugging me for like weeks. No, you didn't. It, mention, it was, I mean, I knew it was bothering you, but I didn't know it's literally it's literally the point that uh, my circulation is bad in my hands. But my shoulder was bugging me so much that I feel like it was cutting off blood to my hands. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it was like it was like I pulled it in like the worst possible way, and it's it's gotten a lot better now. So I feel I feel part of it is that now my recommitment to fitness, Dave, I think has been helpful because it's been like, all right, I'm exercising, I'm moving around, I'm stretching a little bit better, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna try to take care of this here, see if it's still bugging me, because right now going to the doctor isn't exactly something I want to do unless I have to. Right. So anyway, so yeah, no, this right now is not the time unless it's necessary. If something if if I need like help, obviously I'll I'll, I'll go to the doctor. But if it's something that I can be like, all right, let me just take care of myself for a little bit. Let me let it heal. Let me let me do what I need to do. And if that'll help. And I find that it's gotten a little better. But now that's something that I'm, that's my my personal project that I'm working on. So if I do install it, I'm going to take it very, very easy and be uh, take all the precautions because I don't want to throw out my shoulder that badly again. Yeah, for sure. One other thing. So speaking of things that have kind of been keeping me distracted, little things I've been checking out. Of course, you know, I'm a big proponent and fan of YouTube. And one of the things that I've gotten down lately is uh, I like to get it down into rabbit holes from time to time. But the rabbit hole that I've gotten down recently is um, music video reaction videos. Okay. 
Okay. I've always had like an interest in them. Like I'll watch them from time to time, but lately it's been like, oh man, <laughs> I've been watching them because sometimes it'll, it's gotten to a point where sometimes I'll watch a video multiple times from different reactors just to see their reaction to the video because I know what's going to happen because mm-hmm. I'm genuinely interested to see what happens if somebody sight on scene checks it out and then all of a sudden they get a little surprise. So that's been entertaining me. I won't lie. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Do you have any particular uh, reaction videos that were the best? Or... Oh, I do, Dave. Oh, I do. What I'll do here is I'll give you a quick context, but I'm not going to say what happens, but I'll put a couple of the links in the show notes. If you guys want to check them out, I'll, I'll explain now what they are, and then you can check it out yourself. So one of the things that I've been checking out a fair bit, is one of my favorites, is um, the band Nightwish. And uh, Ghost Love Scores, one of their, it's not their biggest song or most famous song, but it is pretty famous. It's one of the ones that a lot of reactors have done a lot of reactions to. It's been around a while, so the actual um, video stems from a live show they did back in like Wacken, Germany uh, in 2013. And it was with when they got their current lead singer for maybe about a, less than a year, uh, Flor Janssen. And this is one of her first big mega shows that she did. And they had 82,000 people in the crowd. It's a live video from the show, and it was uh, checking out. And a lot of people have been reacting to that one over the last couple of years. Okay. Yeah, so it's a good show. It's a good show. It's a great song. But I think what's been fun about the reaction is the surprise when people who may not have heard the band before hear um, a lot from the singer who actually has a lot of versatility and a tremendous amount of range. So are you familiar with Flor Janssen? No. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'll include links in the show notes. I'm not going to get too much into that. But I'll what I'll do, Dave, is I'll send you a list of videos that I want you to watch. But I want you to watch them in the sequence in which I give them to you, and then we'll discuss okay. later. That'll right. be your homework. I'll give you a couple of videos, uh, Floor Janssen singing different songs, and then, I, and then I'll include, and then we'll discuss. All right, sounds good. Yeah. So I'll include a couple of those in the, in the description for everybody else. The other one that I had a lot of fun watching is that there is a reactor named the Charismatic Voice who does really good analysis. Also, some of these reactors are actually like vocal coaches and singers who do like more of a technical analysis on what the video is. So I've been listening to some of these. And um, the other one that is uh, is called uh, a, a band called uh, Ginger, I want to say. I'll, I'll, I'll double check that, but I think it's called Ginger and a song called Pisces, which has been really good for reacting. I'll send you a link to that one after. But then the other one that I've enjoyed is um, a Canadian band called Unleash the Archers, which I had never heard of. Uh, but they've got very much a power metal vibe, which is actually kind of fun. Nice. So I've been kind of fa- playing around, discovering some new music. Some of it I'd already heard in the past, but or I hadn't heard in a while. But Disco- um, Unleash the Archers, uh, I got a kick out of it the last uh, this past week. So that's my latest YouTube rabbit hole. So that's the one I've been having fun with this, uh, this last little while. Now, another distraction that I've had as well is, um, obviously, we've got... Uh, with the pandemic and everything, you know, things are shut down. One of the things that I did not have as a distraction back in May was the Sports Card Expo. Usually I'll go down to it. Dave goes down to it usually sometimes as well. It happens in May and then usually in November. Yeah, and it is a lot of fun. It definitely is. And one of the fun things for me is kind of interacting with some of the folks that I know there, some of the dealers and stuff at the show, and going in and just uh, checking stuff out, chatting, and, you know, hanging out in generally. But, of course, we couldn't do that in May. So the organizer of the show decided to organize what was called the Virtual Expo. This is kind of interesting because conceptually what they did was they solicited a platform online, which allows you to use webcams and audio and different things. And they can create these environments so you can have a virtual booth. And inside of your virtual booth, you can kind of control a queue so people can sit there in a chat window and chat, obviously. But they can also ask to be invited into the booth area. And then they can actually be a part of the booth as a video, um, audio and video thing, where they can chat directly with the vendor and the people on the kind of the chat window, but as well as uh, you can also initiate a one-on-one video conference call if you want to try to make a deal. And one, a lot of the things that a lot of the dealers did who did a better job of it is they would set that up and kind of be there as kind of the MC of their own little booth, so to speak. So they're basically doing a live stream. It's really what it is. If you want to picture it, it's a live stream. And in the live stream, right. you've got the centerpiece, which is the, the dealer, and they're there chatting with folks and reacting to the chat and doing their wares and whatever. And then as deals start to happen, they could be like, okay, you can contact me on this or put it in the chat window or whatever. And if you need to negotiate a deal, well, a lot of them will include links to their either their eBay store uh, or a, um, a OneDrive. I saw Dropbox being used and some people to their ComC store. So different ways of kind of showcasing cards they have. And they say, okay, 
So these are the cards I have, and these are the prices I'm looking for. If you want to negotiate, no problem, and just you know, ping me in a private window, or send me a message on Facebook, or or you know, I'll give you my uh, my number, and you can send me a text message. We can do this a hundred different ways. Uh, each dealer had their own way of negotiating and doing. And then when you came to a deal, you would figure out, okay, so you want to do PayPal, or you want to do electronic fund transfer, like an e-transfer. You can do that and save some fees or whatever. You got to trust the dealer because you're basically sending somebody money. So very important that you do that with dealers you're more comfortable with. Since I know some of those dealers and I've already done plenty of business, it's a much easier thing for me to do. But if you don't know them, then use right. PayPal and get the protection, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got different ways. And uh, a lot of them were fairly flexible. I will say it was very interesting. It, and what they did, though, is the show organizer actually was able to get some guests. Nice. So what they did is they had an area called like a main stage. So you could have the – so normally you would have your guests, like different athletes and entertainers that would come in and do like a live Q&A, a photo op, and all this stuff, and autographs, of course. But in this case, obviously, you can't be physically there. However, you could buy VIP packages where you could do like a one-on-one private video call with like Reggie Jackson, for example. Sweet. And you could chat with Reggie Jackson one-on-one in video call form, and then Reggie Jackson would chat with you and then like sign a ball or sign a picture or whatever for you. And then they would ship it out to you. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So they, they tried to incorporate elements of the real expo, but obviously we're using technology to make up for the fact that we can't be in physical proximity. So did you take part in any of, of that part of it? No, I didn't, but I checked it out and I thought it was pretty cool. Like Austin Matthews was there. Um, I think they had Kevin Nash, a former wrestler there. They had a, uh, a couple of different guests. Uh, some podcasts did uh, like live shows in the main stage in video form. So like they tried to incorporate interactive elements like the regular show, but obviously everybody's at home. Right. So I think for a first try at something that hadn't been done before, I think it was decently done. Was it perfect? No. There's definitely some challenges to that because obviously you can't look at the card in person and we're limited by webcams. We're limited by uh, bandwidth. You know, if the picture's a little blurry, that's why, you know, scans and photographs are so key because that way you could get a better look at whatever it is you're buying. Yeah. And uh, kind of a question you asked me offline. Yes, I was able to do a deal with one of the dealers. We were able to negotiate a little bit. They were kind of hemming and hawing because they had a set that they had to break up. But enough people offered to buy enough of the cars. They were like, all right, Carlos, yeah, uh, we're, we're good to do the deal. So so he was in a live chat. And then he goes, and he just basically says, I'm sitting there in the chat window talking with different folks. And he goes, hey, Carlos, I think we're good. I've, I've sold a couple of the other cards. So I think the deal, I'm good with your price. Everything's fine. Let's uh, Let's finalize this deal and make it happen. So then he invited me to come on. And I actually went on to the video feed. And then I chatted with the chat as well as chatting with the dealer and hanging out and we, and we finished the deal. And then I sent the payment while I was on my computer, done, address done. And then the cards will be sent on my way in the next couple of days. Nice. So as a platform, it's interesting. The reason why I wanted to bring it up and why I wanted to chat about it a bit is because it is something new. It is a way of doing a trade show. Now, obviously this is a trade show where you have physical items. It's one thing if we're doing a trade show where we're sharing information, then the video format is like really obvious. It's kind of easy. But obviously in a card show, it's kind of tricky because you've got all those other considerations. Well, how do I see the card? I can't hold it in person. Uh, What can you tell me about it? Um, If I'm a dealer, maybe I'm in my house. Maybe I've got all my inventory. Cool. But if you want to see something specific and you want me to show it to you, can I get to it? Do I know what I have? If you've got got a big inventory, how can I, as the potential buyer, be able to communicate to you what I want? So these are challenges that you have to overcome. Yeah. And I think for the most part, the better dealers were able to kind of figure out different ways of doing it. But one of the points I made when I was chatting with a couple of them is I said, because it's new, all of you are trying it a different way. And what's going to happen is you're going to figure out what the best way is because some of them simply aren't going to work. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. So it's very much a beta test. Everybody was figuring it out and like going like, we don't know how this is going to work because we've never tried. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's being used the same way in the fall, right? Around the November show. That's why it was so important to be like, all right, guys, get the, get the kinks out of this thing because you might need to use this again, this platform. And I will say in relative terms, considering what they were trying to do in the short notice that it took to put it together, they only were only, it only took them like four or five weeks to organize it. Uh, they were able to do like 50 dealers and they got 5,000 registrations. That's pretty good, I think. Yeah. So considering it's the first of its kind, first try ever, I definitely wanted to participate. So I hung out with one of the dealers that I know and then I hung out with another dealer that I know virtually. I invited one of our friends that usually meets up and we were all sitting there in the chat window talking BS while uh, deals were remade. Nice. So it was. So if you're just a viewer, you can kind of lurk in the background and be amused by three idiots making fun of each other. You know, it's another way to entertain yourself when you don't have live sports. Exactly. And then at the same time, if there's something you want, you can always make a deal and chat and do all that and people can do. I don't expect this to be the quote unquote future, 
but it is good to know that it is possible to have some platforms that can allow you to do some of this in real time as best you can. And it sounds like it worked to a big enough degree. I think a lot of people, I uh, I would say at least one of the dealers that I was talking to was able to make like 60 or 70 deals today alone. Yeah. Like that sounds like it's probably worth them being on and paying whatever fee they had to yeah. pay. Yeah. It was a scaled down version compared to the normal fee from Expo, obviously, because you're not getting all the access to people, right? But at the same time, the commute's a lot shorter. <laughs> the commute was shorter for the attendees. You don't have to be physically there. You can be in different time zones. You can be at home. Yeah. Well, it's nice. I'm sure it's kind of nice. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. But for the people that are coming up from the States too, usually that obviously can't get into the country right now. That's right. They were able to participate where otherwise they would not have been able to. Yeah. So like I said, it's not a perfect solution, but it is cool as a proof of concept because now they got to build off of that. And I can see other trade shows and things building off similar models, but people got to try. And that's kind of the overlying. I love it because obviously I like sports cards and collectibles and all that, obviously. But I also like it from a technology standpoint as a technology nerd. Because it's like, well, this is the first time you've tried to do this kind of thing this way. So it was like being on the front line of being like, all right, you guys are all guinea pigs. Let's give this a try and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. So from that perspective, it was kind of cool. It was very interesting, I would say. And um, I would say some people had some fun with it. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yep. No, that's definitely it. So we'll see. If uh, if there is a next one, then uh, we'll talk about it more if and when that comes to that. And if we have to do it that way, well, then, Dave, we're going to the virtual expo. Get in the car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just need some good Wi-Fi. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So it's, like I said, I think it's interesting. I'd like to see it obviously improve and do more, but obviously I was able to make a deal. So I was satisfied with that. And I went in there and I, I, I provided some extra entertainment. I got a lot of comments of folks uh, kind of being like, it's like, dude, you're hilarious. It's like, yeah, I know. I know. It's what I do. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Standard. Dave, you know, this is standard. I do. Yeah. Like I do. just what I do, Dave, you know, all day, every day. Plus on a live feed, with, a, with an audience, I got to tear apart Mike Trout. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I think I'm starting to change some minds, Dave. I'm starting to change some. My movement is gaining momentum. I like it. I think you should do just a, a solo episode, either of the podcast or on the YouTube channel, where it's just you you break it down with Mike Trout. I, there's a lot of things I could break down. But yeah. You know what you should do? You should you Like the Seattle Mariners documentary. You do it that kind of way. <laughs> a six-part series? You don't have to do a six-part series. You can do one-part series. Or one episode, therefore, is a standalone. But do it with the same type of graphics. Yeah, Dave. But if I do a six-part series, I could actually incorporate, uh, you know, that the big stat that a lot of people use to talk about Mike Trout and how great he is and all that is war, right? Yes. If I could get it licensed, we could get that song. War! What is it good for? See? Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm, I am on board. Whatever I can do to help make that happen, Carlos, I am willing to do. Just saying. Just saying, guys. Just saying. So there you go, Dave. So, that, so now there you go. Now you got a little background. Now you know a little bit more about the Virtual Card Expo. Aren't you sad that you didn't pop in? It was interesting. I know. I did, I, I mean, I got the emails and I was thinking about it. And I have it was some free stuff registration. It was free. To... It was free. I should have been part of it. Yeah. I, I, the, on Friday, I didn't have time. I couldn't. It, I had. To, I decided to finish work late on Friday. But today, I was like, okay, you know what? I'll have some late lunch and then I'll sit down and let's let's check out. I didn't know what to expect. And I was like, let's check out what this is about. And I ended up sitting there probably for four or five hours chatting with different dealers and doing different things. And I, and I did make a deal. Which is great. Yeah. So it was a good time. A good way to use an afternoon. Just kind of chilling. Perfect. Good stuff. So now. All right, shall we move into Project 2020? Exactly. We're pivoting to Project 2020. Not a lot to report. Although we did have Fuji this week. A little disappointed, hey, can, I, can we just get into it? Like Fuji, man. Yeah, I, I want to talk about your it. Stick. I know it's your stick to have faceless people. I get that. But this was a new low for Fuji this week, Carlos. I think the problem is that he basically replicated the original Dwight Gooden, but without a face. Yeah, there was there is no anything different except there wasn't a face. Well, we get that. That's your stick. Like I'm almost thinking maybe it should have been erotic in some way, like his other art, because then you would have been like, well, at least it's different. I'm probably not going to buy it because I don't really want erotic Dwight Gooden art with no face. However, maybe somebody does. Maybe somebody wants that more than they want a Dwight Gooden almost replica, but without the face. Like, Fuji, man, we have given you so much praise on this program. Why are you letting us down? It was a disappointing moment. It was, really was. I'm not going to lie. But um, I think, could I be, I'm, I might be mistaken here, Dave. And if you can pull up the archive, and you can, you can filter, by the way, on the left by artist, I could be mistaken. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like all of them 
Fuji did at least some kind of a modification on the original design. Not like an exact replica. I feel like he at least took a design element and moved it, or made the head bigger and shifted it around. Even the, even the Frank Thomas, which is very similar, still changed it up a little bit to make it look a little different. Yeah, this is true. I could be mistaken. But I feel like that's the only... Like, if I look at that dog good, and I'll try to include a link for everybody in the in the show notes as well. I feel like though, if I take the 85 Tops Doc Good, the original, and then take the Fuji version, it's like, well, basically you turn it into a cartoon and made it baseless. Like, I feel like it's the same design, the, the same bar, the team is in the same spot. It's like, you didn't do anything. Yeah. I, which, which was you really know disappointing. I'm not happy. Yeah, it's like, very, it's very disappointing. We expected more, Fuji. We expected more. Yes, we did. And we did not get it. Fact. Another thing that kind of disappointed me, obviously, I, I think it was this week as well. Uh, my good buddy, Old Man Allen. What the heck, man? Why, but what? So check game? out, again, go to Archive and check out Old Man Allen. And um, he did a George Brett this past week. And from a 75 top standpoint, fine, whatever. Like, design-wise, he did borrow the border from 80, 75 tops, which is accurate for George Brett. But um, he basically took a Getty Images image and just threw it in the middle. Interesting. Yeah, it just felt kind of sloppy, a little bit lazy. And I, he did get some flack, I will say, on blog cards, uh, the message board forum on that. And normally I can defend Old Man Allen to a certain point because the Ted Williams I liked because stylistically I liked that classic design. But um, the George Brett one, he literally took a picture from Getty Images, like literally a picture from Getty Images and cropped it and stuck it in the middle. That is very unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's kind of weak. Is what I'm trying to say. He did and, kind of and considering there has been some extremely creative stuff. Yeah, I will say he and um, I want to say Joshua Vitas kind of get a lot of flack because their stuff is kind of the laziest in terms of the amount of variation they actually do compared to the original. Uh, because Vitas is the one who takes the original card design and then basically like draws outlines. Like if you look at his Dwight Gooden, I would say it's only marginally better than the Fuji. Yeah. Like, sorry, just going back to the, the old man, Alan George Brett, right? It's like, Repeat why, that? how is there, how did 6,558 of these things sell? There's still an inflated number, I would say, because if you remember the production numbers were going up and up and up, right? Yes. Remember when I said earlier that as much as it is about cards, as much as it is about sports card collecting, all that, as much as it is about that, this is market psychology. And the part that fascinates me is the market psychology. You remember that? Yeah. The reason why I say the market psychology is the, the answer to your question is market psychology. So put yourself in the mind of someone who's trying to make a buck on this, okay? Right. Originally, you weren't on the bandwagon. Suddenly, you discover that the print runs were pretty low. Prices started to skyrocket. Then you start rushing in like the gold rush. You want to get in on this. For a little while, it works because at first... People aren't ready for the sudden increase in production runs as it goes because it doesn't happen immediately. First, it's a trickle. The numbers start to go up, but then it explodes. It crescendos when you get to the Shore Griffey, 99,000 copies of one card. Suddenly, oh my God, the supply is going to be massive. Prices start coming down. They crash very quickly. Now, a lot of people run away, but at the same time, if you're sitting there and you're trying to be like clever, right? You're thinking like, okay, so a lot of people are going to run away. If this is a really boring card or a really plain card or an unexciting, uninspiring card, maybe the print run will be really, really low and then it'll be really expensive. So I'll buy 50 of them because no one else will buy any. Yeah, this is true. Get it? But And if some people think that because they think enough people have been driven out that they're like, okay, so I'll buy 100 and then I'll own the 100 that exist. Well, actually, no, you're not the only person that thought of that, even though a lot of people did run away. Yeah, this is true. I think that's how you're arriving at those numbers. I think the real number of collectors for this set is still much lower than that. But I do think, now mind you, compared to 99,000, that's a freaking short print. Yeah, absolutely. So like, it's all relative, right? So that Griffey Shore, like, I may live the dream yet of buying it for five bucks, Dave. I may yet live the dream. I really hope you do. Like, uh, you know, we'll try. We'll try our best. But I don't know. And that's why I say the market psychology piece is fascinating. I don't know how it's going to play out. And we're barely over a third of the way there, Dave. That's crazy to think, too, that we're we're so not into it really at all. Yeah, we barely had ups. We've had a lot of ups and downs. There's been a lot going on, a lot of controversy, a lot of uh, criticism, a lot of praise, all kinds of stuff. And some of the artists have started to produce their own. They produce companion cards, which is like their own art. 
but like another way for them to make some money. So some people have been going crazy on those. The autographs they inserted, which I mentioned to you, that some of the Mike Trout cards now are all going to have like 10 autograph versions inserted randomly into packages. So yeah. it's like all of this plays into it. And we don't know exactly where it's going to be. So like, for example, the last Mike Trout that came out uh, did under 21,000, which for Mike Trout is actually pretty low comparatively. Now, not compared to the beginning, not compared to the Ermsey Mike Trout, but compared to some of the more recent Trouts where they had 75,000 of them, that's then pretty low, right? Yeah. We'll see. I'm curious. We shall see. This is true. But as I said, Fuchi, old man Allen, you guys got to step it up. Well, Vita's as well, I would say. Oh, they're, they're, yeah. Like, I mean, some of these artwork pieces, like the trout one you're talking about, I can't remember the, it's escaping me. The one with the, where he's got the Cyclops eyes. Yeah, JK5. Right? So the, the, there's a Mike Trout card by JK5. Very cool artwork, right? For some reason, we don't know yet. It looks like he's the X-Men Cyclops where his eyes are, you know, shooting laser beams. That's a cool card, right? Remember remember what I said about the companion cards? What? Again, remind me again, sorry. I said, you know, this. I mentioned that some of the artists are creating companion cards. Right. Well, for that particular artist, JK5, his companion card is like a knight with like wings or something. Like I have to look at it again, but it's like a knight with wings or something. That looks like he's fighting the Mike Trout Cyclops. Like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty like, cool. It's an art piece. Like he literally made it into an art piece. Yeah. Like that is what I want from Project 2020. More of that. Some of the artists are trying to deliver it. So I will I will give them their props. Like some of them are clearly trying. The Beck uh, Ted Williams that I talked to you about. I like that card. I think it's cool. Yeah, it is a good card. So it's like not, every, not everybody is mailing it in. I think some of them are clearly trying and doing different concepts and and trying different stuff. It's not for everybody. Not all of it is going to be. Some of it isn't going to interest you. That's fair. That's okay. But uh, some of it, I would say, is real interesting uh, attempts at different interpretations. Absolutely. So, you know, that's the reason why we talk about it. It's just every week there's something else. Like everything we just said this week, next week it could be completely different. There could be one that sells for 150,000 copies. And then we talk about why. This is true. Absolutely. It's good stuff. All right, so anything Carlos, else you want to add on that one? No, I think we're good. I think we can move into MLB. Owners are dumb. But not, but more dumb than the players, I think, at least at this stage. Okay, so definitely want to talk about that. So let me lay the groundwork a little bit, and then I'll give my voice a little bit of a rest. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm straining it a little bit here. So long story short, it's been like a ping-ponging back and forth with the players and the owners. The reality, though, is that both are in the wrong. Let's get this right. Both are in the wrong. However, the players have been very clear-cut that they want to try to get as many games as possible. The owners are clear-cut that they want to get as few games as possible. And for the longest time, the, the sticking point was they wanted to, they reneged on prorating the season. So the players kept fighting for that, fighting for that, fighting for that. Finally, the owners suddenly magically caved on prorating the season. Well, and they did agree to it in March. That's Let's right. not forget that. That's right. But that's why I say they reneged on the yes. original idea. Yes. So suddenly they, finally they re, got re-inspired and they decided to suddenly put it back in play. And now they're suddenly willing to go over 50 games. And here's the thing. In everything we're about to say, bear in mind... The commissioner of baseball can unilaterally start the season. Yes, this is correct. He can say 45 games. But, but, what was the sticking point like last week was that if he did do that, it would have to be prorated. And there would be no modifications to the playoff format. No universal DH. None of those other little mechanisms to try to squeeze a little extra money. So the owners are suddenly up to 60 games prorated. Not all the owners are thrilled about that. But the players are trying to get as many games as possible, so they proposed 70 games. Now, the owners have rejected that and said, we're not going to counter it. So the owner, sorry, the owner, the players offered 70 games. The owners had offered like uh, 60 games. And right now, both sides are kind of entrenched. And I think, and it looks like the players are going to reject the owner's proposal for 60 games and basically force the hand of the commissioner to be like, start the season. But expanded playoff, no expanded playoff. I mean, I think that's pretty much at the, at the stage you're going to be at because something's got to give if you're going to play the season. Now, I'm not even convinced at this point they really should, right? We're talking about 10 games here, though, as the difference. Can I give you uh, one other uh, interesting little point? Of course you can. Under one of the proposals, if they agree to it, spring training games would start June 26th. Would, I, would you like me to point you to the calendar, Dave? Oh, no, I, I know where we are. Are like, in the calendar. Like, you guys do realize that you have squandered. There was an article I read, and if I can find it, if I can find it, I'll try because there were a lot of articles written. Uh, somebody wrote an article basically explaining how Major League Baseball has fumbled. Major League Baseball should have been the first back to play. Yeah, I could see that. And, but keep in mind this too, and, and, and when you talk about that point, 
is that and and this goes into some other points too for other sports which we don't have to get into but you know dr fauci in the united states keeps talking about you know sports and the virus and and as changes go on and, and whatnot and you know it almost seems now that if they'd had a plan they could have put it into place but because they don't have a plan things keep changing almost on the daily I mean, you've had 11 players on a total of six teams that have tested positive for COVID-19. You have three teams, the Jays, the Phillies, and the Giants that have closed their facilities. The idea of going into a bubble now is taking on new life, right? And saying, and Fauci's basically said, that's the only way you can get it done now, even though obviously he is in control of it and has no actual input into what happens. And he's also saying they shouldn't play baseball in October because they're worried about a, you know, a second wave of COVID-19. So the, the more this drags on, the more of a shit show it becomes and the more issues that come up. At least that's what it seems like to me. So Dave, I think based on the calendar, based on everything you just said, I think I have the perfect proposal. So right, what we do it. is all the teams play three games each. Then we have a tiebreaker for division winners and then a three-game World Series best of three. And then we just give it to the Astros and move on. <laughs> because they saw signs or just because? Well, because then given the fact that the season at this point may have no legitimacy, does it really make any difference? Wow, that's true. Like, that does true. it really matter? But then if you're going to do that, why don't you just give it to someone, you know, like, let's go, okay, who hasn't won it? For, let's give it to the Mariners. Like, if you're going to do that, why don't you just give it to Seattle? No, Dave, I want to give it to, you know who I'll give it to? Because that would make, you could add part seven to the documentary and it would be fantastic. They would immediately start it in real time. Part seven would be a live stream. (laughs) The stream would begin with, what the fuck? Well, to be fair, every episode of that could could have begun with, what the fuck? No, but I mean, part seven would literally begin with that. And they would would be like, we haven't even put the music on. What the fuck? (laughs) Include that. Hey, it could happen. You never know. No, you know who would be the perfect team given the given this kind of weird circumstance and the fact that the whole season is nonsense? Pittsburgh? Miami Marlins. Oh, God, yeah, that's true. They're perfect. They are literally the perfect. If there is a franchise that thrives on, why do you win a World Series like here? When there's no staying power, there was nothing to suggest that you were going to get there before. There's nothing to suggest you're going to be there after. What, how did you get here? Miami yeah. Marlins. 2020 okay World Series champion, as the prophecy foretold. <laughs> but you have to add the add the as the prophecy foretold. That's the key part of that sentence. I do. I do have to add it. Yeah, I don't know. I you know what? I the, the more this drags on, the more I realize I don't care about MLB. So and I, and this Dave, season. so Dave, I mentioned I mentioned to you like uh, I have my YouTube channel where I do my stuff separate from the unnecessary nonsense podcast. I've got my own, and sometimes I like to opine on different topics and things. And I really wanted to talk about this major league baseball one, but like I keep. They keep doing the ping pong thing. So I keep going like, okay, I want to comment on this, but I feel like you're going to then change course tomorrow. And then suddenly what I'm going to say is already out of date. Well, yeah, that's true too, right? Like, what am I supposed to say here that will hold for more than 12 hours? You know, I've had things where, you know, I have notifications that I got on my phone from the score. Mm -hmm. And and it's been cases where I haven't even read the article that I've been given a notification about. And then suddenly it's changed. Like the information in that article is outdated because something else has come up, but I haven't even finished reading the article yet. Yeah. I guess my underlying message doesn't change because my statement was, I think major league, when I said major league baseball should have been the first to play in the same way that the KBO play, nobody knows if the KBO season is going to finish. It doesn't really matter. The point is they tried. The point is they got, they got some games in like they're still getting games in right now. They're trying their best. People give them credit because, Hey, you tried. You got yeah. some games in. But, and who you knows? Know, the thing is, the more and more we're without it, the less and less I miss it. I'm almost, well, I am, basically. I'm more excited about what, you know, I have PVR'd the 1981 NLDS between the Expos and the Phillies. And I'm more excited about watching that, Carlos, even though I already know what happens, than I am about this potential MLB season. Well, that's fair. But uh, for reasons that I already outlined, like this this MLB season wasn't going to be exciting per se. ML, Major League Baseball has done everything in their power. The reason why they should have been first to market to get out there is because they would have had a completely uncontested time period where they would have been the only game in town, literally. Yeah. Like this was their best chance. If they wanted to try to bring themselves back into the national consciousness, 
well, how about being a monopoly on the sport, a live sports calendar every night for at least a couple of weeks? That's a really great way to do it. Like, there's no more valuable, like, you would be it. All the sports outlets would have to cover you. It doesn't matter, because there's nothing else live going on. You're it. Yeah, all true. All true. Yeah. Could you imagine if TSN is like, all right, guys, we're going to talk TSN Sports Center. What are we talking about? We're talking about baseball. Why? Because that's all that's happening. So we're going to talk about it for 25 minutes. And you would, right? If, if you're the only, like, live sports are always going to get more, or, or sports, that, the leagues that are happening are always going to get more attention than the ones that are in the offseason or that aren't playing. Yes. And what better commercial for the sport than, hey, we're playing, check out our highlights because they're everywhere because that's all there is. Yeah, exactly. So, like, this is a missed opportunity of a lifetime, Dave. I'm going to boldly suggest right now, this is the missed opportunity of a lifetime. You may never, future pandemics or not, it is doubtful that you will get an opportunity like this, where everybody was unprepared, where nobody had a plan, nobody had anything ever again, and you could have been first had you gotten out of your own way. And that's the key, right? They get that they weren't able to get out of their own way. Yeah, because imagine that's the nail on the head right there. Imagine if they do come back. But yeah, you came back, but you know who else is going to be playing? The NHL, the NBA. I'm sorry, you're they're probably going to watch them because the NHL and the NBA are going to be basically in playoff mode. Yeah. I would watch that over over yeah. regular season major league baseball right now. And you're going to be playing like regular season games. First, you're going to be playing spring training games, which suck anyway. I'll be honest with you. I don't care about spring training games. I haven't cared about it in 20 years. And no, then spring training is only good if you're actually there and you're you're taking part in, you know, watching it there and, you know, maybe getting some autographs or talking to some players before games or after, that kind of stuff. That's yeah, why for, spring training is good. It's for player access. It's the opportunity to have access to the players that you don't have in a regular kind of environment. Correct. Yes. But like for a television product, it sucks. No. And regular Major League Baseball sucks as a reg- as its regular television product right now. It's not a good product on TV. Yeah, they've squandered a huge opportunity here. That who knows if they are going to recover from it. Really, I, I genuinely don't think they will. I think they've shot themselves in the foot, in the face, in the leg, in the stomach, and they're bleeding out. They don't even <laughs> How realize else that. Can it's, we screw ourselves? Let's yeah. see. It's like, can we can we amp- self amputate? Does anybody have a hacksaw? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, and it's their own damn fault. It's nobody else's fault, but it's like, well, and all the other leagues are going to, like I said, I don't know if they're going to be able to finish their seasons, but I guarantee you the NBA is going to try. I guarantee you the, the NHL is going to do its best to try to get to a conclusion. And if they're able to successfully get to a conclusion, very few people are going to be watching major league baseball. Correct. Yeah. Because you're going to have playoff games and at least, at least the, the, you'll have the elevated sense of urgency that those games have because those players are trying to get to the finish line. And they're much closer. They're already basically done the regular season. And NHL is going to have to go straight into the playoffs. So they're not even going to fool around. They're going to go straight. Yeah. So it's exactly. like, so you're, you're, you're competing with a product you have no shot at competing with. Playoff anything is almost is going to destroy you. So it's, I, I just don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, um, I don't know if you guys thought about this. The commissioner should have just invoked his clause and been done with it weeks ago. Yeah. Well, none of us know really, right? Yeah, that's fair. But that's so that's where Major League Baseball finds itself kind of piggybacking off of what Dave said. Truthfully, I've said this months and months ago. I am a baseball fan. Major League Baseball is a product, is a league that plays baseball. I don't need to watch Major League Baseball. If there's another baseball that I can watch, I'm happy to watch it. I like the sport. I like the sport. That's the part I enjoy. The rest of it is secondary. I'll watch playoff hockey. I'll watch a little bit of NBA. But, may, but regular season Major League Baseball, that's going to be a tough sell even for me. Even if they manage to figure it out and get on TV. Yeah. And I sure as hell am not paying anywhere close to the full price of that streaming package. So Major League Baseball, you better not try to charge us for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I'm sure the owners are going to try and find a way to make money wherever they can. Yeah, that's that's a penny-wise, pound-foolish, if you know that saying. I do. Yeah, they're going to pay for that one in the long run. What, what I think um, the most interesting like side story of this Turner is the one who I think announced that they were doing a new deal with Major League Baseball where they were bumping up the, uh, I think they're paying like $3 billion for the rights now, okay. which is higher than what's before. And I'm sitting there like, why? Yeah. Like, who are you exactly. competing with? Who, who else is bidding on the, these on these rights? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I love baseball, but let's just so we're clear, like, who are you competing with? Who are you bidding against? Yeah, exactly. It's bizarre. I, I don't feel like television ratings are going up. Like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't have the numbers in front of me. Maybe I'm wrong. But I'm like, who the hell's watching in higher numbers than they were five years ago or 10 years ago? Well, yeah, exactly. 
I don't I don't know. That's bizarre. I just I genuinely don't know. I, you know, somebody does, I guess. So we'll see. We'll kind of keep an eye on that. I'm sure there'll be more, obviously, because like they're running out of time. So so I'm I'm confident that a resolution, positive or negative, whether it's the players agreeing, the owners agreeing, or the commissioner making a stand and saying, all right, we're going to play 50 games. It's going to start July the 4th, and here we go. Well, I think that's what you're going to have to do at this point. Yeah. If you I, actually want to play Major League Baseball games. Yeah. And the thing is, I we're talking, my, my prediction is it has to be imminent. I think they've got less than a week to make up their mind. Like, really, they're out of time already. Well, yeah. yeah I, because, they were, I think, truthfully, they're probably out of time weeks ago. Correct. Like for realistic, realistically decent length season, yes. But even if you want to do like a stupid truncated season that's not going to make any sense in historical books, you basically got seven days. We've effectively run out of because by the time you get to July, you should have already been scheduling games. Absolutely. So we'll see, you know. But that's the mess that is Major League Baseball. That's it, we we have to be so unclear and guess so much and make prognostications on this one because we know nothing. And to be honest, the owners and players clearly know nothing either. They're just making stuff up as they go along, and nobody seems to understand how to negotiate this thing. All right, so that's it for that one. Uh, Dave, take us home here. Tell us about uh, Kyrie's malcontentness in the NBA. As we told you on last week's show, and we now all agree, Kyrie is the GOAT malcontent. And I think some of this is proved even more this week by what's happened within the NBA because they've made some changes to their plan and done some things with their plan that I think are actually a result of Kyrie's complaints. There's been a lot of backlash, obviously, but one thing that did come out of this is now they've the NBA has said, you can opt out of going, right? So if you want to, by June 24th, so again, the clock is ticking. If you're a player on, a, on an NBA team, you can say, I don't want to play in the bubble. You're not, you will not get paid though, unless there's a medical reason, uh, but otherwise there's no, there's no penalty. You're not going to get fined. You know, you're not going to get suspended or face repercussions later. That's not going to happen. There's also been a huge backlash against Dwight Howard, uh, who's also basically on the the team with Kyrie. Well, not on the same team, but on this I don't want to play team. Uh, says they shouldn't go and getting a whole bunch of ish, uh, backlash from the talking heads. But the the best story, I think, that comes out of all this, Carlos, is Kyrie leaving the group chat. You've heard of this? I've heard a little bit of it, yes. So apparently, you know, there's been a bunch of back and forth to sort of what actually happened. We'll see. Uh, but basically, Kyrie came out with saying there should be a players only league. You know, on the face of it is maybe not a horrible idea. I think it's something that at least merits further discussion. Discussion that we won't have here, but it's legitimately a horrible idea. It's about the worst idea I've ever heard. Please continue. Right. But he's also trying, allegedly trying to, through group chat, trying to get the rest of the Nets to say, we won't play in Orlando. Uh, and then it came out that this happened and whatnot. So Kyrie's solution, he just leaves the group chat. I, I guess, I don't know whether he's getting flack or whatnot, but it's basically like, instead of me actually dealing with this or coming to any kind of resolution, I'm just going to leave the group chat and let the teammates figure it out on their own. Again, causing more team strife, right? I don't think everything that Kyrie is saying doesn't merit some kind of attention or shouldn't be listened to. No, I, Dave, I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say that the general issue that he is speaking to warrants attention, warrants discussion, warrants consideration. Coming from Kyrie Irving, it does not warrant discussion, does not warrant consideration. Ignore this man. Well, you know what? And I think that's the thing, right? If it was somebody else, yes, then yeah, I think you'd be, you'd be. <laughs> but you know what? He shot himself in the foot figuratively so many times that nobody really, you know, people just kind of tune it out, right? He doesn't have credibility. The word you're looking no. for is credibility. He does not Absolutely. have any. He does not. And Kyrie and, could say drugs are bad. And we're like, are they though? And it's like, it's we're like, pretty sure they're all bad. All of a sudden, like addiction rates go crazy up because Kyrie said drugs are bad. Yeah, because it's like, can I trust your judgment, sir? It's not that what you're saying is necessarily wrong. It's like, but can I trust your judgment? I don't feel like I can. So I got to question even what you say that seems to make sense. So, And the problem is I also have to consider what are your motives? You're saying this. It's like, yeah, uh, fine. I get your idea. But are you saying this for the right reasons? Are you saying this because you believe it and you think it's that important? Or well, are you saying this remember, because according you... to him, it's all because they want, he wants to bring more attention to Black Lives Matter. Except he didn't want that a week before. Well, it, I mean, yeah, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Right. Yeah, and, like... and I think the, the other thing that I think goes towards that point is the more this week went on, the more other stories about the NBA totally took over. Right. There's the idea or the stories about the perks that NBA players are going to get 
uh, you know, while they're there in terms of like 24 hour concierge, uh, lounges that they can hang out with DJ service. I'm not quite sure what that means, but, or how that would work, but it's there. Uh, and also about the fact that there are three coaches in the NBA over 60 and whether or not they're going to actually be allowed to be in Orlando because of health concerns. Uh, you've got Alvin Gentry with the Pelicans who's 65, Mike D'Antoni who's 69 with the Houston Rockets. And is he Greg really Popovich. that old? Yeah. And Greg Popovich is 71 with the, well, with the Spurs. Popovich, I believe that, but I didn't realize D'Antoni was almost 70. Holy crap. No, I didn't. I didn't either when it first came out. So, but there you go. Right, those are the stories that that people are talking about more in terms of the NBA. That's what's getting. The, even though Kyrie is still doing his thing, people are like, you know what? We're kind of over you, Kyrie, already. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess he did get the concession that hey, you can players are allowed to opt out. They don't have to play, and they won't get paid. But there's going to be no other repercussions. Okay. Question: What I wasn't aware that that was a thing before. I was pretty sure that if someone had a concern, because Adam, because Adam Silver is usually pretty good about this stuff, if someone legitimately had a concern, like I have people in my family that I'm concerned about that I want to make sure I take care of or whatever, I don't know if I can go, I would struggle with the idea that they would actually have a problem with it. Well, I, th- I think really what it came down to is the details around how you go about that and, and what happens or not because of it were yeah, finalized yeah. this week. Maybe what they did is make it a league-wide mandate, but I wouldn't be surprised if certain teams already had like, yeah, if you can't, we get it, just tell us, and then we'll figure it out. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm pretty sure that was probably going on behind the scenes as well. Yeah, like especially in the NBA, given the type of league it is where the players get a lot more uh, priority compared to a lot of other things in a lot of other leagues. It's like, I'm sure individual teams probably have arrangements. They're, they're like, we would like you to play, we would prefer it, but we're not going to force you. Exactly. Real quick, before I get to the next point, uh, one more thing. When when I what I was trying to say with the D'Antoni thing, but you went, you kept talking. But I was saying about D'Antoni, it's like, hey, good for you, D'Antoni. You look you look hella good for sixty nine. I'm shocked. <laughs> like I, I'm very impressed. Good job by you. I wouldn't have known. There you go. Yeah, but the thing is, as far as this is concerned, the the messenger's just wrong. The problem is, like I said, if I have to question your motives, and I legitimately can, everything Kyrie Irving does, like, dude. You would have, sh- and he already acknowledged this. Like, he he goes like, well, you know, if I have to go, I have to go. Yeah, so it means you're willing to go if <laughs> if you're basically forced to. But at the same time, it's like the reason why he didn't want to go, he doesn't want to go now, is my, from what I understand in some reporting. And everything's hearsay. Let's be clear, everything's hearsay. But my understanding is they were like, they basically said, well, like you know, if you're if you're kind of hurt, it would be better if you stayed home. And at that point, suddenly he's just like, oh, none of us should go. Wait, you none of us should go because. They don't really want you there or none of us should go because of the cause. Yeah. Because I'm back to, I'm not sure they want you there. I don't think they do. Yeah. Like going back to leaving the group chat, like, thank you for leaving the group chat. This is what I want. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Hey, now we can talk about how we really feel. It's like, Dave, I'll give you a, I'll give you a personal story that outlines. This is, it's my personal favorite thing in the world. My mom and my dad and I have different relationships. Uh, They're both my parents. But my dad and I get along because we'll basically bust each other's chops forever. This is the way it works. My mom gets very irritated with a lot of things that I do, and I enjoy pushing her buttons because it amuses me. And I'm a jerk. But the point is that for years, and I think she's finally starting to clue in on this, my mom's solution to this problem, her way of quote-unquote punishing me, is to give me the silent treatment. And I'm like, but what I wanted you to do was to stop talking. So you're giving me the silent treatment, so if I make you mad, you give me what I want. Perfect. Well... Little do you know, madam, that my strategy has been made clear for me. Exactly. I'm just saying, maybe they realize that the best way to shut Kyrie Irving up is to make him mad. And they're like, so what can we do to piss him off? What can we say? But won't he leave the group chat? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's the thing, right? People have just basically tuned him out. It's kind of like, okay, this is going to get attention for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're on to other issues. Things are more important. Other things are happening. The news cycle moves so quickly that no one really cares about what Kyrie was saying a week ago now. Yeah. No, the reality is I think the majority of players do want to try to play something. And I think the bubble idea, I don't know if it's perfect. I don't think it is. But I think think the NBA is bent over backwards to try to figure out the best possible way to do this. If you're even going to try, this is probably as good a shot of being pulled off. And the fact that they can lock down an entire – like 
it's in Orlando. It's like Disney World, right? Yeah. So Disney World's being used for nothing else. They literally have that space to themselves to do whatever they feel they need to do. Hotels and restaurants and whatever they need can be sealed and locked off just for their purposes. Correct. Like it's it's the best you're going to be able to do. It's the closest that they can have. If you're going to create a bubble, that's about as good a bubble as you can develop. Yeah. Even though, you know, COVID-19 cases are skyrocketing in Florida. But that's another thing altogether. Listen, man, at this point, like, the, unfortunately, like, that's the, if they had this in Wyoming, I'm sure Adam Silver would prefer that. But, you know, I don't know if you can build that's enough true. courts. But you also have to have the facility. Correct. Exactly. Like, if you had a facility with, like, 15 basketball courts in Wyoming, they'd be like, all right, guys, you're going to Wyoming. Wait, but it was that or Montana. Pick. Yeah, pretty much. Because you got to be in the middle of nowhere. That's the whole deal. Because it's, it's got to be, if you want to try, you got to be in the most spaced out area. And Orlando is like, well, you can space out that part. I guess yeah. they're going to have to bring them in in spacesuits. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So we'll see what happens, right? But obviously time will tell. And, and they keep, you know, more details coming out almost daily about what they're doing and what they're doing to try and keep people safe in the testing procedure. You know, so it sounds, I mean, honestly, of any of the four major sports leagues that's going to try and do it, I have the most faith in the NBA to get it as right as you can. That's fair. And I kind of wish I could make a wager on this. It could be kind of cool if you could do like a prop bet that was like league to have first restart game in 2020. But I think it's going to be the NBA. I mean, if we're talking about those four. Well, here's the thing, though. Uh, so let's let's assume their plans go off without a hitch. OK, let's assume right. best case scenario. And let's pretend for the sake of argument, Major League Baseball, you know, commissioner comes in and unilaterally decides to start the season. So right. I think the first, and I'll use regular season game as my, as my cutoff because I'm not counting the spring training thing. Yeah, I don't count no, that. which I think is fair. Yeah. So in based on the calendar then, let's say, like I said, he decrees a 50-game regular season. You'd have to start it the next week or two. So I feel like you'd be playing what, like mid, first regular season game would be like mid-July-ish, late July? What's the NBA's first projected game if it goes according to plan? Uh, July 31st or 30th. Okay, so they're right at the end of July. And what's the NHL's if they're I have able actually to no idea. I've stopped paying attention. I was like, tell me when hockey's on. Yeah, like that's, that's the thing. Like I know the NHL has a plan. I know that. Like they outlined the plan. But um, I don't know what the proposed research date would be because they have to do. Oh, here we go. Hold on. The NHL and the NHL Players Association have announced that formal training camps for the 2014s will begin play the 10th. So if they were to do that, NHL playoffs to start July 30th after two-week training camp. Okay, so you're looking at the same, basically, timeline as the NBA. Yeah, so then I, I, if I was going to put a wager on it, I feel like given the two leagues that have a plan, I feel like they're the closest. Absolutely. Yeah, so if the NBA, certainly, in terms of planning, I feel like they're the strongest because they've actually got the location figured out. Um, now it's logistics. How do we get the players there? Uh, how do we make sure we have the tests available? How do we lock down? How do we keep Mickey Mouse from running around and, and running amok and causing problems? How do we prevent Kyrie Irving from getting into the bubble and potentially fighting Mickey Mouse? These are considerations I have, Dave. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. But it's probably uh, Robin Lopez that's more likely to do that. Or is it Brooke Lopez? Whichever I Lopez brother has the, the issues with fighting mascots. What if that is in? What if Kyrie says, Lopez, I will help you fight the mouse? I hate the mouse. <laughs> Please. Oh my God. I feel like Carlos's version of the NBA would be much more entertaining than the actual NBA. Even though I find the NBA pretty entertaining. Let's get that straight. I feel like we've established many times, Dave, that my alternate realities tend to be vastly superior to reality realities. This is true, Carlos. I will give you credit for that. I have NBA players fighting Mickey Mouse. I have Kyrie Irving being sent off. He's been um, excommunicated from the, from the Nets. It's possible they may have him simply shipped off to another uh, far off land. I'm okay with that. Yeah, like maybe they'll just like, uh, where's Kyrie Irving? I have no idea. He de we definitely didn't tie him up and throw him into a plane, if that's what you're thinking. A plane to where? Definitely didn't go to Uzbekistan. That's all I'm saying. Definitely didn't happen. No, Don't worry about gonna it. He's going to show up in the new Space Jam as one of the Monstars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. LeBron called for him personally. You're shooting in Uzbekistan? Yeah, it's a very special part. Honestly, if, if they could just get rid of this. I, this one's interesting. I got a new one for you. Kyrie Irving is the goat of malcontents, yes. But you know what Kyrie Irving is as well? What is that, Carlos? He's the mosquito of the NBA. I can't figure out his function or his, or his utility. What does he do? That's fair. Like, he's there, but like, is he a good player? Sure, but like, do I need him? No, not really. Yeah. 
It's, yeah. Like, what purpose does he serve? Like, I don't understand. All true. Th- that's that's what I got. Like, I don't understand this guy's purpose. He's just there. Kind of like, just be annoying. And that's fine. If you were if you were so good that you were annoying and you're, like, carrying teams to championship, so be it. But you're, you're, last time you got to a championship, you were Robin to somebody else's Batman. And if yeah. the Brooklyn Nets become a contender, it'll be because you're Robin to Kevin Durant's Batman. You're the sidekick du jour. Yeah. Well, you've basically proven you can't be the guy. Yes. Right? It failed epically in Boston, and it didn't go well this season in Brooklyn. Yeah. So you're you're. there's a good chance you could be well on track to get run out of town in three places. Yeah. I like it. So that's all I'm saying. You know, at, at least at least if we have, you know, him conspiring to fight a, a Mickey Mouse with one of the Lopez brothers, at least that, that could be a live stream, Dave. People would pay for that. Pay-per-view. Oh, you know what we could have it? We don't even need to have it in Orlando. Fight Island? Fire Island! At the Island of Yas! Let's do it. Oh my god, there's your main event, buddy. There's your main event. Somewhere Dana White is just having a, ner- a nervous sweat. He goes, I'm getting excited. I don't even understand why. <laughs> no, it, book it, Carlos. Book it. Hey, listen. We this this might be this might be it, buddy. If we're gonna have if we're gonna have Fight Island 7, it's gonna be the double, it's gonna be the double main event. We'll have one of the Lopez brothers against Mickey Mouse with Kyrie Irving in his corner. And then in the other main event, we'll have the Ultimate Warrior taking on Hulk Hogan. Why? I don't know. Isn't the Ultimate Warrior dead? Yes. Isn't Hulk Hogan really old? Absolutely. Like, why not? <laughs> With the exception of the death? <laughs> oh, like that's been a problem. Hey. So what are you going to do? Well, maybe we'll have an Ultimate Warrior hologram. Well, then who's in his corner? Tupac. Hey, whatever works, man. Whatever works. Holographic Tupac and holographic Ultimate Warrior. I've just built the greatest fight card of all time. I think you have. I think you have. It's a fact, my friends. It's a fact. Well, there you go. I think that's it. Uh, anything else in the NBA? We're good? No. Book it. We're finished. All right. So I booked Fight Island. We did that. <laughs> that's all I had left in my throat. I couldn't even do the proper one, but I tried. I did my best. I um, hope the people appreciate it, Carlos. Yes. <laughs> that was with the energy I had for that one. Anyway, so uh, you can check us out on iTunes. Uh, iTunes, Google, Spotify, Oh, Google Play is the one I was trying to get at. So iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as um, on the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast uh, YouTube channel. I think I have to. I think I now have to manually load them, Dave. So, so the last couple probably weren't there, but I will. I'll follow up to tonight and try to look. And if so, I'll upload them to the channel. So if you do check out the channel, subscribe to the channel because then you'll get noti- You'll get the and you don't know hit the bell while you're at it, and then you'll get notified if a new episode comes in. But otherwise, guys, it's an audio podcast. Just subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. It saves you time and you always get it. And with that, this has been the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast.